Not sure what to expect or how to navigate the interview process? Want to make sure your personal statement hits the mark? AMSA's new program, Applied Match Preparation, or AMP, has been created just for you. Get personalized, one-on-one assistance from a team of experts and get ready to shine during the application process. Visit amsa.org amsa-amp to get started today. Are you ready to commit? For fourth-year medical students setting out on the residency trail, it's time to make the often complicated decision about specialty. Welcome to the AMSA AdLib podcast, where you'll hear from med students and experts alike. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. Most fourth-year medical students are about to begin an annual fall ritual, residency interview season. Last year, then-fourth-year Sahar Barfchin spoke with AMSA board member Perry Tsai about making the decision on a specialty and her experience on the residency interview trail. Here's Sahar. So, Perry, I was asking you why you went into medicine in the first place since you were an MD-PhD, and why not just a PhD, and then what you see yourself actually doing when you <laughs> eventually get to graduate. When I eventually get there. Thank you for reminding me Sorry. of the long journey. Um, I have you know, always really been interested in biology and um, research, and that was uh, something that I studied in college and something that, like, as early as a kid, I remember I built this, uh, with the help of my dad, of course, I built this jello mold of the cell. Oh. It, was, um, it was, like, clear gelatin, and then there was some spaghetti that was the endoplasmic reticulum, and there was a little cherry tomato that was a nucleus. It was, they were organelles? Yeah, That's so cool. Yeah, and I, I, from then on, I was, like, really fascinated by molecular cellular biology. And that's what I ended up studying in college, and I really loved viruses, infectious diseases, and um, but I also could totally see myself taking care of people, and that's really where I wanted to end up. And so I knew medical school was in my stars, and with my passion and interest in research too, it just it was natural for me to take on an MD-PhD program. I've also really found a love for teaching as well, and I really uh, hope to incorporate that into my career too, uh, but there are only so many hours in the day, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Isn't it overwhelming sometimes how many different things you could be oh, yeah. truly, honestly yeah. passionate about at the same time? <laughs> I, you know, so I just finished doing a lot of residency interviews. And um, I guess my application looks pretty diverse because I've done a lot of little things and I've always worried that it comes off as if I'm just tinkering in many different things, but that's just because I really am. I So I've done some research, um, some bench, some clinical, um, and then a little bit of public health type research. Uh, I do a lot of uh, leadership and... Um, advocacy type work and then nobody seems to pick up that I've actually also done a lot of teaching because like you I absolutely love it it's something that gives me actually a lot of joy um it's hard to put all those things together and look like a complete person who actually cares about everything that you do but it's true and I I mean we're all medical students we all find some way to do a million things Mm -hmm. Whatever we care about, we find some way to fit it in. And do you think that you were able to reflect yourself accurately during your interviews? 
You know, it's not easy mm-hmm. because um, so first of all, so often they assume that they know everything they need to know about you from your application. Um, and your application may have a lot of things on it. And so sometimes things don't come through. So for example, um, I worked for three years at a cancer center, like a real person job before I came to medical school and um, I don't think anybody actually caught on to that mm-hmm. but it was hard for me I there wasn't necessarily an opportunity during my face-to-face interview to talk about that right. because there were you know then maybe somebody asked me about my teaching and that was also worth talking about mm-hmm. so it was hard to come across but it was also your before medical school life yeah yeah Yes, it was bef- my before medical school life, but it's not like it was my high school or undergraduate life. Right. It was pretty significant part of my training and what brought me to where the kind of clinician that I want to be um, and what's maybe a little bit different about me than some other medical students. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, it looms large, but... Right. I'm not sure if that comes through. Yeah, yeah. You know? What's funny is that I, I also I, I sing and I do I right. direct a acapella group at my medical school, and I hear stories constantly of my uh, graduated acapella group members, uh, fellow singers, who come back from interviews and they're like, all they wanted to talk about was my acapella group. <laughs> all they wanted to talk about was singing. Just like, awesome. Because, I mean, yeah. it's a really interesting part. And, uh, you know, some things people will latch on to and some yeah. things people just maybe won't be as interested in. So, Right. Yeah. True. I um, My personal statement actually was about, I ended up writing about how when I was, um, until college, I was a very dedicated ballet dancer. And uh, so I crafted a personal statement for residency applications around this. And just like you're saying, a lot of my interviewers just wanted to talk about that, which for me was, was a very big part of my life and my kind of molding and shaping as a young person and then an adolescent, but dropped off since college for many logistical reasons. So for it was a little bit, odd for me to find myself sitting in a residency interview talking about almost nothing other than this part of my life that ended and I'm going to date myself 10 years ago (laughs) 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 that ended 10 years ago yeah um but but it's that kind of stuff that they often want to know about yeah and that makes you a real person And, and do you think that says something about residency interviews like what residencies are looking for in their future doctors you know I, so yes is the easy answer, but possibly they've already selected out the set of students that they would like to talk to those things about by, you know, the hard stats of like scores and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the other things that we classically think honors and things like that. Right. You know, is there yeah. somebody else sitting out there who also had some wonderful result? You know, I don't know, dance for New York City Ballet. <laughs> right. Something really wonderful, but yeah. it didn't get an interview for another reason. I don't I don't know. Maybe that's just not what they felt like they needed to hear yeah. about at that point. I'm not gonna say that no interviewer talked to me about things on my application, because they did. But I've certainly had whole half hour to hour long interviews where I talked about 
nothing related to medicine or academia and um, talked instead about like my background and um, I have an interesting like I'm Iranian I was born in Sweden I've had several interviews where that's almost all we talked about <laughs> <laughs> um, which I then have to just have faith that that was enough for them so what types of residencies were you applying for so I applied to pediatric residency programs cool yeah. and what drew you to pediatrics so this is one of my so you know I expected this question out of all my interviewers oh, and only maybe two or three asked really can you believe that huh. so for me it's actually a little uniquely important because um, I had thought and if you went through my application chronologically you would also think that I were go was going to go into OBGYN mm -hmm. um, and I guess I had a change of heart when I actually got to third year and went to each of those each of the rotations went through my OBGYN rotation went through my pediatrics rotation and just so for many reasons sure it's pediatrics but um overall the classic I was far far happier in mm -hmm. when when I was in anything pediatric related okay um not to say that I was miserable in OBGYN and right. there are still many things that I um, found joy about with OBGYN but um but overall had a very kind of gestalt yeah feeling of happiness um in the pediatric field uh and so I'm you know, I got advice from a lot of different people during my third year when I had many crises of conscious about uh, what I should do. And everybody said, follow your heart. And I'm not one of those follow your heart people. I'm very logical. I make lists and I go through them and I weigh all my options a million. I cannot tell you how many times I did like pro con lists in my head and on paper <laughs> I actually saved the final pro-con list that I wrote on paper thinking, I would like to keep this wow. forever. And it's horribly sloppily written in very, very bad handwriting, which I don't usually do, but I think it just kind of shows the mental state I was in <laughs> when I was writing it. I mean, were you deciding between OBGYN and PEDS? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is that I could sit here and tell you the logical reasons because there are logical reasons. Sure. Um, and they do matter a lot. Sure. But in the end, I could just write all of those next to each other, logical reasons for and against Pete's, logical reason for and against OBGYN, and just have a piece of paper in front of me with words on it. Right. And when it just, when it came down to it, I hate to say I had to follow my heart because I'm <laughs> so not that kind of person, but it's what it comes down to. It really is. This yeah. is the rest of your life, and you better be happy yeah. with what you're doing. Because I didn't go through those four years <laughs> of medical school and all of that debt to end up being unhappy in something yeah. or less happy than I know I could have been somewhere else. I don't think I would have been unhappy in OBGYN, but I know that pediatrics is a better place for me you know i don't know what you are possibly considering going into as a specialty in medicine i've always 
considered myself to be a very internal medicine type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very cerebral. Mm-hmm. I like to think things through. Like, I'm definitely not an emergency person. Not at all. <laughs> like, if you throw an emergency in my lap, I would just freeze. With, <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know what to do with it. Um, so I like to think things through. And uh, I, as I said before, I really love viruses, infectious diseases. And so I think that uh, I would love to go into that as a specialty. Mm-hmm. And with my passion for LGBT health and HIV, um, both scientifically and medically, I, I think I do want to go uh, into HIV care eventually um, with maybe a little stint in research too. Um, and I hope that's where I end up. <laughs> well, so that makes perfect sense to me. I wish you that your heart matches up with your mind on I this know, one right? when it comes down to it. Yeah, I, uh, when you get there. I mean, my I, I have other peds has always been on my list too. I, I've really mm-hmm. enjoyed um, taking care of children, and I, I remember I worked at a childcare center in high school, and it was just so much fun. And I, I really enjoyed some of my peds uh, experiences during our first couple of years and preclinical years. And uh, psychiatry is another one where I I, I think that, that I could really fit in because I yeah. love I love talking to people and I love hearing stories and I love um, figuring out uh, someone's life from what they're telling me and so yeah psych is on my list med psych is on my list too it's like potential yes. oh you may love that that's a really I might good and uh, idea. It, it seems like a really cool niche for HIV care too to do med psych. Yes. And that means I will be in more years of training (laughs) and I'll be a real boy when I'm 46. (laughs) Over the next few weeks, we'll bring you other perspectives on specialty selection and the interview process. Fourth years and residents, share your tales from the residency trail with us using your phone's voice memos app. Email your recording to adlib at amsa.org. Are you nervous to go through a social interview on the residency trail? Tune in next week to hear from a previous program director about what you can expect and how to prepare, as well as from residents who have recently been through the process themselves. Perry and Sahar's conversation was taped in 2015. Since then, Sahar matched, graduated, and moved on into residency. AMSA Adlib was brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself. Special thanks to Perry Sai and Sahar Barfchin. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Kelly Tibbert is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. How can you sharpen your competitive edge? Learn how to land your first choice residency, take part in clinical skill building sessions, and debate emerging issues in healthcare. Join us for AMSA's fall conferences October 15th through the 16th in Puerto Rico and November 19th through the 20th in New York City. Visit amsafallconference.org to register now.